Hey there, educational rock stars. Are you feeling overwhelmed with lesson planning for your English language learners? Well, I've got some exciting news for you. Introducing our upcoming free webinar, Simplify Your Approach, Three Time-Saving Routines for ELL Success. Join me for a power-packed 45 minutes that's set to revolutionize your teaching strategy. In this webinar, we'll dive into three practical, easy-to-implement routines that will not only enhance your ELL teaching methods, but also save you hours of planning time. Yes, hours. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, these insights are tailored to help everyone make the most of their teaching time. Plus, you'll leave this webinar ready to implement these routines the next day. So mark your calendars for our two upcoming dates. I don't want you to miss this opportunity to transform your ELL lesson planning. To reserve your spot, simply sign up at www.equippingells.com slash routines. Trust me, your future self will thank you for it. I'll see you at the webinar. Teaching ELL students is a privilege and a joy. Is it easy? No way. But with the right support, you can feel empowered to tackle each day with ease and confidence. I'm your host, Beth Boucher, founder of Inspiring Young Learners. With over 10 years of teaching both nationally and internationally, I know what it takes to ensure that your ELL students have what they need to thrive today, tomorrow, and for life. I'm on a mission to empower you to equip your English language learners. Welcome to Equipping ELLs. Let's get to today's episode. Hey there. Welcome to another episode. Thank you for being with me today. I am loving this new series that we've started this year, and I hope that you are too. I've heard a lot of great feedback and reviews of just many teachers sharing how helpful it's been to really break down the small steps that can be taken to help our ELL succeed. And that's really what we're going to keep going back to is it doesn't have to be overwhelming. We don't need to try to do all these things in one day or one week or even one school year. But if we all commit to making small changes and taking small steps forward, we are going to change. We are going to show up and provide the support that our English language learners need. And in return, they are going to be successful in our schools. So it is a win-win. You can go back. We started this at the beginning of January of this year, and we are going to be walking through this for the next couple months because there are a lot of different ways and areas that we can take a look at and see where we can make small changes. Now, today's episode is speaking to the homeroom classroom teacher. If you are a homeroom classroom teacher, hello and welcome to the show. And if you're an ESL teacher, you are always welcome here as well. Um, But I want to give a shout out to the homeroom teachers because I was a homeroom teacher and then I turned ESL teacher. So I've been in both situations and that's why I want to speak into this because when I was a homeroom teacher, I did not do a great job at supporting the English language learners in my class. And it wasn't because I didn't want to or because I just ignored them. It was really because I didn't know how. 
And there were some mindset shifts that I really had to make in order to begin to see where I needed to grow, what areas I needed to work on so that the English language learners in my classroom were thriving, that they were getting what they needed from me and then also from the ESL teacher. So that is when our students find success is when they're getting the support they need inside the homeroom classroom, and then they get that extra sweet support from the ESL teacher during their sessions. Or if you're co-teaching, then that's even better. So so this is coming from a heart of where I was at looking at my experience of working with English language learners and in the homeroom classroom and some shifts I saw that I had to make to really see how to better support them. So let's dive on in. So the first shift that I want homeroom teachers to see and to make is to see the students, the English language learners that are in your classroom as your own students. Think about that for a second. And maybe you're thinking, of course, I see them as my own students are in my classroom. But I'm going to tell you, and in my honest opinion, when I had newcomers, I did not take on the responsibility of what can I do to help the student succeed. I saw that student as, well, this is a newcomer, so this is not what I need to do because I'm teaching all the other students second grade material in English, and I just don't have the capacity to teach this newcomer foundational English skills. That was my attitude. So even though I would never admit, oh, the student wasn't part of my own, it really was what I was showing by my actions. And I mean, this is part of the story of where then the whole, my everything you need for your newcomers curriculum stemmed from, because I was given no support and just did not have the capacity. If you are in that situation and you need the support, come join us inside Equipping Else. We will give you not just the support, but the resources as well. But Going back to, I didn't see these students as my own. I saw these students as students who were in my classroom, but really they were the responsibility of the ESL teacher, especially with the newcomer students. I did not take on the responsibility and and have the conviction, hey, this is my student and I am going to do whatever it takes to help the student. So start seeing these students as your responsibility, as a student that needs you to show up and give them the support that their brain needs to succeed. You can do it. And we're going to be talking about that. But that small, simple shift of seeing, you know, this newcomer that I had, Yoana was the first newcomer I had in my second grade classroom in the suburbs of Chicago. She was from Bulgaria. And I would say it really, I was just felt like I was the placeholder for where she was during the day until she could get her help get help from the ESL teacher because I did not know how to break down content to engage her I did not know what to give her to help her build on the skills and in all honesty like I've mentioned before our ESL teacher we had one ESL teacher in the building and she had probably 75 to 80 kids on her caseload and growing So there was just no way that she could be printing and prepping materials for me to do in the classroom. And this is where ESL teachers that are listening, I want to encourage you, use some of those resources that I have available and get those ready for the homeroom teachers so that as soon as that newcomer comes in, that homeroom teacher already has a binder or a folder 
ready to go of what to do with that student. Because what I've seen over and over is homeroom teachers, you want to do what's best for these ELL students. You want to give them a supporting environment. You just aren't sure where to begin or what to do. So we hear you. We get that. But to start making that small shift, even with my my higher level ELL students, I definitely saw them more as mine. But in those areas of language support, looking back now, I definitely still kind of pushed that off to the ESL teacher. And I didn't take that responsibility of, hey, if I give this student the language support they need in the classroom, and then the ESL teacher gives the student the language support they need additionally, then the student's going to be really set up for success. But if I remove myself and I just say, okay, well, that's not my job. This isn't my problem. I'm focused on these other things. And we'll just wait for the ESL teacher to come and be able to do that part. Then it really wasn't successful for my students at all. So take on that mindset that all of these students are your responsibility. And when you're not sure how to support them, I bet that there are ESL teachers in your school that want to help, that want to show you, want to give you strategies, scaffold supports. They want to coach you and model how how you can easily make some shifts to support the ELLs in their home and classroom, which leads us into shift number two. Hey teachers, I'm interrupting this episode to ask you a quick question. How different would your life be if you could confidently plan effective and engaging lessons for your yellow students in a fraction of the time? I created my membership equipping ELLs to do just that. When you join, you gain instant access to the exact resources you need, proven and prepped for you, plus a supportive private community of like-minded educators. Join us today at www.equippingells.com. Now back to the episode. See your ESL teacher as a coach. Now, I hope, I hope that some of you listening to this are going, yes, this is already happening in my school. We are doing an amazing job at this. I hope that that's the case. But I know the school I was working in, both in Chicago, a a public school in the suburbs of Chicago, and the private international school here in Panama, the same situation happened, where there was this hierarchy of teachers And it was hard for support teachers to come in and feel that they were treated and respected as an expert, as a coach, as someone who could really help. And that is something, if you're a homeroom teacher, let's quit that thinking. We have somebody or multiple people in our buildings who have the knowledge and skills that we need help in. Let's humble ourselves and say, please come in and show me how can I do a better job supporting the ELLs in my classroom or get really specific, you know, say, I am seeing this problem happen over and over. I'm seeing that my, this group of level three students are really struggling using academic language. What is something I can do to help support them when I'm teaching? or when I'm expecting them to respond with a peer. Get super specific because that makes it really easy for your ESL teacher, that's your coach, 
to give you a really clear answer. And right there is a small step you can take. You get you have one problem or not, just not even a problem, but one area you're you're focusing on. Okay? So your goal is going to say how can I help my students use academic language more in conversations with their peers? Maybe that's something you're observing in your class. You're going to go reach out to your ESL teacher. Do you have any ideas what I could do? They respond with you. Maybe you need to have a visual of an academic language STEM. And maybe you're just going to highlight one a week and you're going to model it and you're going to then have your students practice and you're going to keep coming back to that language STEM. And you're going to walk around as they're doing thing pair share and you're going to observe and you're going to listen in and you're going to praise those kids that are usually had a hard time with that or were struggling with speaking with academic language and you're going to have them share out because you just heard them do it and they did a great job and you're going to praise them for that. That is what I'm talking about when I say let's take small steps for our ELLs to succeed. We've pinpointed an area that we see, you know what? I'm expecting this from my students and I don't see them getting there. Or specifically with our ELLs, I'm expecting these this level to respond with a complete sentence and I'm not seeing them do that. How can I ask and go and use the resource of having an ESL teacher, having an ESL coach to help me in this small area? Now think what's going to happen if you continue to go on that and you add one academic language stem a week and you model it and you practice it. There is going to be a shift that's happening in your classroom because you're keeping that expectation high, but you're giving them the scaffold and supports they need to reach that expectation. Soon this is going to become routine. They're going to understand what's expected and they're going to do it. And then you can move on to a different area and you can reach out to your ESL coach again and say, Hey, I'm now seeing this area that I want to focus in on and I want to provide support. You might do the academic language area for the whole quarter. Okay. Let's take time to slow down and really see what our students need and not rush ahead. But Use your ESL teacher as a coach. Reach out to them. Define one area that you want to work on with your ELLs and see how they can help give you ideas to do that. So here's what I've seen. As a homeroom teacher, you have a lot of students on your plate. And so it's it can be hard as a homeroom teacher when you have students who are performing above grade level, students who are performing below grade level, students who are not English speakers. And then you just add in all of the other situations that many of our students are facing that they bring into our classrooms. Um, And so you just have a lot that you are juggling constantly and dealing with. So if you're thinking, that's great to be able to pinpoint a problem and focus on it, but I'm not even sure I know exactly what my level threes ELLs need in all honesty. And that's where I want you to be. I want you to be in an honest place where if you're saying that, that's okay. We are here to help with that. So shift number three then goes right along with that. And that is to start with clear benchmarks and milestones. Something I am seeing happening or conversations that are occurring is that things like the WIDA language standards, the WIDA framework, or your whatever your state 
language proficiency standards are and the language objectives, that's kind of passed off to the ESL teacher. But the reality is, if you have one or more yellow students in your classroom, you also should be very well versed in what those standards are. Because this is a great place to begin if you're overwhelmed with figuring out how to support the ELLs in your classroom. If you don't know what is a clear expectation for that language level and that language domain, then you're, gonna, you're never going to be able to know how to support them. So make that shift to say, okay, I am teaching content. I need to know the common core standards or whatever content standards you do. But I also need to be growing in my understanding of our language standards. I need to be able to work on writing language objectives. Because this is an area that I feel like is a big breakdown. And I know personally, I hated writing language objectives. Okay, my content ones, here they are. They're already out here. I can follow those. But what? You want me to take this and write a language objective? And it was, it just did not flow and click easily for me. It was until I spent some significant time saying, all right, this is important and I need to understand this. And once you do that, you can start to see how easy it is to take a content standard and create a language objective out of it. This is crucial. And this is also an area maybe you want to reach out to your ESL teacher and work together and say, here's the content that we're learning this upcoming unit. Let's sit together and talk through our language objectives. What an amazing place to begin. Now you know exactly how to bring in the language piece to support the content that you're teaching. And here's what's really cool is when you do that, your ELLs aren't the only ones that benefit, but all your students do. Think of your class right now. How many of your students would benefit from having visual support? Probably a lot of them. How many of your students would benefit from being able to listen to a passage first before they read it independently? Probably a lot of them. I actually just received an email the other day from a subscriber, and she said that She's not teaching ELLs anymore. She's teaching K through four reading intervention sessions. And she said, though, that so much of what I'm sharing is so applicable to those students, those struggling readers, those students who need that extra support. So think of your students when you are implementing these language objectives, the language support, all your students are going to benefit from that. And then in turn, it helps you have a very clear idea of how are you going to provide the support and scaffold that those students need while you teach content. I get that it's very tricky. I get that it's a lot that that people are asking of you to do. But I promise that this is an area, if you make that small shift and you make it a goal to learn the inside and out of your language standards and writing language goals and writing language objectives, that is an area that over time you are going to become really familiar with it. It's going to become so much easier and you are going to be providing incredible support for the students in your classroom. 
in the end, it's going to take time off your shoulder. It's going to take things off your plate when you're planning because you're going to have such a clear idea and you're going to know what you're targeting, what you're pinpointing with this lesson. And you're going to know what you're looking for with your ELL students when it comes to language development. So this, this is a big shift. This is taking big steps, but it doesn't have to be big to start. To start, go and look on the website or go and ask your ESL teacher, can you give me a printout of the language standards that we are using? To start, in the show notes, I will attach our We to Can Do Descriptors Simplified, where it is super, super easy to look at each grade level, each language level, and say, here is what this student is expected to do. So my second grader, who is a level three in speaking, is expected to be able to do this. We're making it really easy for you to get started. So download those in the show notes. ESL teachers, feel free to download those, print those, and share them with other teachers in your school because that is a great place to start where it's not so overwhelming. I get that sometimes... You might head to the WIDA site really excited and then get overwhelmed with so many options of what to download, and then you open it, and it's hundreds of pages. So I get that it can be overwhelming. That's why we're going to start small. So start by downloading our WIDA Candy Descriptor Simplified in the show notes and start those conversations. Look at a lesson you're teaching this week. Look at the content objective and create a language objective that is going to fit with that. I will also attach a webinar um, that we did inside of Equipping ELLs about writing language objectives that might help you if you're getting confused and lost out of that. That will be in the show notes as well. So, so far, our first shift is to see these students as your own. Our second shift is to see your ESL teacher as a coach. Our third shift is to start with clear benchmarks and milestones. If you go back to one of the first episodes of the series, we talked about the one question that will change your year, and that was all about defining success of your ELLs. Yeah, that's that question is going to get you talking for a while, right? But it's going to help you clarify What are we expecting? Where are we trying to help these students go? Because if we don't do that and we're just saying, oh, when they become proficient, that's when they're successful, then we're going to lose them. Then we're going to miss out on a lot of opportunities to encourage them to keep going. So go back and listen to that episode if you missed it. All right. The last shift that I want to encourage you to do is to learn one new way to scaffold each month and to start to add it into lessons. Okay, learn one new way to scaffold each month and start to add it into lessons. What you're going to find is that scaffolds are going to help all your students. Your students need to be up and moving and talking with one another. Your students need to not just be sitting and taking it in and having no opportunity to respond. Those types of activities and scaffolds are amazing for ELLs because they need to constantly be applying what they're hearing through speech. But it's going to be great for your other students too. So take that in as I'm saying these things. This is not adding more to your plate. It's actually going to make teaching more enjoyable. You're going to have 
higher engagement from your students, and it's going to be the support that your students need. So take a look and see, and just just pick one a month. ESL teachers, this is a great opportunity to help your homeroom teachers by maybe sending a newsletter once a month of one scaffold. Maybe it's a way to encourage their students to talk more. Maybe a game they can do, like talking chips. Maybe it's more advanced, like a Socratic seminar, and how can you incorporate this, and how does this help support the ELLs? What's the setup look like? What materials are needed? Maybe it's a simple, I love doing think-pair-shares. How can you take that and maybe just expand it a little more? Or if you're not doing think-pair-shares, how can you start to implement that in your lessons? In the show notes, there's a lot in the show notes today, my goodness, but I want you to go and check out, I am going to be sharing with you a link for printable sticky notes that have a variety of different scaffolds on them. This comes from my course, ELL Strategy Academy, where we go over 25 different scaffolds for all three language, for beginner, intermediate, advanced, and all four domains. So I want you to have a variety, but again, start small. Take one and say, all right, this month I'm going to be focusing in on this scaffold. Put it in your lesson plan note. That's why I love these sticky notes because you can print it, stick it right in your lesson plan book. Because I know if you're like me, I would go to trainings. I'd come away with so fired up. Oh, that was a great idea. I love that. And then I would forget. (laughs) So we need reminders. Go and get the sticky notes, print them, stick it right in your notebook, Have that conversation with your ESL teacher. Hey, maybe they can come in and show you how to do this scaffold if you don't know how to do it. Or if you want more support, come join us in ELL Strategy Academy. And that I walk through every single strategy. I give you video tutorials of how to do it and quick cheat sheets so that you can see how much time it takes, what materials you need. All of that stuff is inside ELL Strategy Academy. Um, But just start small. Choose one to do. And again, you're going to have the same effect as your students. As you do this, this is going to be then become a normal routine in your classroom. These are going to be tools that you have in your back pocket, ready to pull out whenever you are in need. Then that's the beauty when you can start to not just plan them in your lesson, but you're able to see a situation. You're going to see how your students respond, and then you can choose the right scaffold for that situation. That's where we want you to get and we'll help you get there. So here are the shifts that you can make that are going to help t- make, here are the shifts that you are going, that can help you to make small steps to help your ELL succeed. First, see these students as your own. Second, see your ESL teacher as a coach. Third, start with clear benchmarks and milestones. Fourth, learn one new way to scaffold a month and start to add it into lessons. Because, just a reminder, when we teach with ELLs in mind, all our students succeed. Thank you so much for listening. Please let me know if you are enjoying this series of small steps to take. And if you have any ideas of what you'd like to see coming up in future episodes, you can always DM me on Instagram. Thank you for joining me in today's episode. All links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes. 
If you're looking for even more support and done-for-you resources created specifically for the needs of ELLs, head to inspiringyounglearners.com. I'll catch you here next week. Until then, take that next step to keep equipping your ELLs.